Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I am joined by my good friend, my blonde brethren, Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, I'm a bit stressed. I'm a bit. And why is that, Patrick? I'm I'm a bit in over my head, Casey. I'm. Uh huh. So you've alluded He's to got many some gambling debts. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, so I have a pretty big announcement to make. Huge. Do you have? Are those blue blocker glasses you're wearing? Yeah, I've been getting really bad headaches looking at my screen all the time. <laughs> the tinting is really strange. <laughs> I look like uh, I look like Slugworth from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, you look like a. Um, I'm gonna take of them off. I feel self conscious. <laughs> no, no. I mean they're sharp. I mean they look. I mean to take care of yourself. Shut up! Don't... No, I'm keeping them off. You were saying something. <laughs> yes. Um, so, real ones will know that I currently live in San Diego, California. Uh-huh. Just a hop, skip, and a jump down the 405 5 freeway from you. Actually, you wouldn't, I wouldn't get on the 5. It doesn't matter. I'm a hop, skip, and a jump down from where you are. Yes. However, I'm joining Joe Rogan and moving to Austin, Texas. Now, the podcast this is... king himself. Someone had said that to me. He was like, oh, are you moving there because Joe Rogan's there? And I was like, yeah, I'm moving there because Joe Rogan's there. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, let me into your podcast world. <laughs> like, I did not I, loathe I anyone more than Joe Rogan. I didn't know that he lived there. Oh, you didn't know that? No. It was like big news because he was complaining about everything he hated about California. Uh, and... I, the joke is that like canceled comedians go down there to like reinvigorate themselves basically yes so i actually know um i have a friend of a friend who's a local comedian in austin and during the pandemic because texas was a little bit looser with things there are a lot of comics a little that bit. Went, went down to austin to perform and like it really put a bad taste in the mouths of a lot of the local comics oh. um with a lot of like their behavior in particular because it was kind of it seemed like a lot of the hackier scummier folks oh, yeah were the ones that were coming down to perform in austin man can't call a woman beautiful anymore <laughs> yeah. uh but patrick we're getting away you're skirting the issue yeah, here. yeah you're it makes me anxious to talk across the country <laughs> halfway across <laughs> not My fully god across. i know well, and you know, as a person with lots of things, as you've derided me for many years. Uh, yes. Uh, you know you what, too? Stuff. Guess what? Remember, what? we mentioned on the podcast a while back how I had that Ash versus the Evil Dead chainsaw foam finger thing? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I accidentally gave that away. Oh, no, Patrick. I know. Because how are I... you going to move to Austin without that? <laughs> I, I thought you had two. I still I still had that, and it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's gone now. But it's gone. Well, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of new collectibles you can get in Austin <laughs> at the Alamo Draft House. I know. I've I've been checking every week when they're going to reinstate their annual pass, so that or whatever yeah. their passes. That way, you and I can be pass buddies. Oh, I would that love way we'll that. be closer than we are now. That's physically. That's incorrect. Spiritually. Uh, spiritually. Mm-hmm. I don't think we could. I feel like our spirits are touching. You think each we're other, even too right? close? You're too close. Yeah, I, I'd like to. I feel like we're getting 
we're we're kind of You'd like some uh, spirit mixing. space. <laughs> yeah, I need some spirit space. But Patrick, yeah. what are you most I we won't belabor this, but okay. what are you most excited about moving to Austin? What's the one thing, it doesn't even have to be big, but just the first thing that pops in your mind that you're excited about moving? The to first Austin. thing that pops into my mind is is proximity to uh uh Tom and Morgan, my brother and sister-in-law. Mm. What about a more superficial answer? Oh, a more superficial answer. Mm, probably the White Horse Saloon in East Austin. Oh, um, it's a cool bar. Yeah, a it's saloon. a really fun honky-tonk bar. A lot of great acts come through there. Um, I'd say, the, I mean, the mu- music in general, I mean, it's almost cliche to call Austin the music capital, you know, of the country, but it really kind of is live music capital of the country. You're you're mm. you're furrowing your brow. What? Why is that? I wouldn't call that the music capital. I think people call it the live music capital. Isn't that one of the people call it the live music capital of the country? Anyways, there's a lot of good live music there all the time. And San Diego is a desert for that. Are you going to keep Austin weird? That's the intent. Yeah. Okay. I'm, (laughs) I think I'm strange enough that I'll contribute to that. I do feel all like pre self-conscious about being a Californian in Texas. Yeah. They, you know what? When I was down, every time I'm down there and I'm in an Uber, I'll say I'm from LA and they'll say, don't move here as a joke. (laughs) Like, I got that a lot. Yes. You hear it in almost every single Uber Lyft ride you're in when they ask where you're That's visiting. That's really funny. And they're like, there's a lot of you coming out here, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And so, I don't know. I kind of want to keep it to myself. People will ask where I'm from. I'll just say I'm from, I don't know, Indiana or something. Well, Patrick, the West Coast will miss you. I'll miss the West Coast. I still stand by West Coast is the best coast. Wow. I still very Do much. Do you think you'll ever move back? Uh, impossible to say. Um, but I could I mean, never say never. I think I think I could maybe potentially. Will I ever see you again? Yes. My hope is that you and Trisha will come visit. We'll visit some point. Okay. I'll have a nice little space for you. Once your suspension lifts. What what suspension? Oh, your friend's suspension. <laughs> because you're moving. Wait, am I suspend? Oh, oh, that's my penalty. Yep. How um, I know months. we're t- well, I know we have to move on a little bit, but I want to I want to do a little bit of probing here. What are yep. your um describe your emotions? And t- it's I won't be offended if you say neutral or I will be offended um, if you say you're like You you're know, I'm excited get- for you that you have you have a new venture. I'm sad that you're leaving. You do feel uh, some sorrow. Had- I feel sorrow. I wish you had moved to LA instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I can't control you as much as I have tried over the years. And <laughs> as uh, much as like some other people. <laughs> yes, as others have tried to control you too, and it's impossible. No, but I'm ex- I'm excited for you. I'm excited to visit you. I think it'll be fun starting. You've never really moved anywhere and started a new life, so that'll be fun. Yeah, you know, that'll be an exciting trip. Yeah. So. I'm going to be 32, which is still young, but also I feel like... Very young. Time to change it up a bit. We'll mm-hmm. see how it goes. Could crash and burn. Might become a crying back. And <laughs> might come, come spiraling into your apartment in Highland Park. Oh, God. Cuddling your maxi Again. climber. <laughs> falling asleep at 1030 on the couch after saying, let's stay up all night. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Um, well, Patrick, we should probably move on here, but I'm happy for you. And I wish you the best, and we'll see plenty of each other because the show maintains. You know, we still never li- we didn't live in the same city for like ten years, and we still won't. The only so thing that's going to not- change is I'll be recording at a later time. I'll be recording on Central Time, which yeah. I've always said, Casey. You can you can um, attest to this. I've always said Central Time is the best time, even though I've lived. I find th- that yeah, I find that an odd thing to say. I don't really understand where you, that comes from. 
it's you have said that before, but <laughs> because I it's don't really nothing get it. is too late and nothing is too early. You hmm. know what I mean? Okay. Especially for like things like sports, sure, or any sort of live event. If you're on Central Time, it's great. And if you're on Central hmm. Time, you're like not that far behind the people on the East Coast, and you're not that far ahead of the people on the West Coast. It's just like a nice, sure. sweet, spot. nice right in the middle, yeah. Central. Central. Okay, moving on to me. Yes. I had my brother Brady's bachelor party this past weekend, and I just flew in this morning, and I'm pretty tired, but it was a real fun time full of beer, camaraderie, boats, and uh, yeah, it was great. Was Matthew McGuire there? Matt McGuire was there, former uh, current patron of the farts. Yes. Um, Yeah, it was was awesome. I haven't hung out with Brady's friends for a long time, so that was really good. Did Matthew behave himself? Is he he go by Matthew or am I just saying Matthew? I feel like people call him Matt. Okay. Did he behave himself? Yes, Matt behaved himself. Everybody behaved themselves uh, except uh, my brother Shane. Mm. And uh, but he was having a good time, so he he was within his right to have you know a lot of fun. Is there a particular uh, highlight? Of the, something where you're like, "This is so fun! I'm having." Oh, so much I rented fun. a party bus, Ooh. and we were like driving through cornfields, and the video is very funny of us on this party bus, like driving Who drove? through farms. The party bus bus driver. They are you allowed to drive through? Was he like mowing down stocks? No, just oh. like on the just out. We were out in the country. Oh, I pictured him just like mowing down stocks. That of would course. be insane. That would be frightening. <laughs> like off road. That would be the first thing I mentioned. Good God, <laughs> you have no uh, no. That's that's crazy. Was the keg on the party bus? No, it's it's so heavy. It was a sixteen gallon keg, Holy and we went through about smokes. fifteen gallons of it during the weekend. How big is that? Like that must look enormous. It's the it's like the traditional big keg. That's like what a keg is. Oh, it is. Yeah, uh, I guess I don't know kegs. Well, but, get to know your kegs. Uh, but yeah, it was a great time. I have nothing else to say about that. What happens at the bachelor party? Oh yes, stays that's at right. The I won't probe. Um, Patrick, do we have a sponsor today? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, we don't. No. <laughs> wow! I you sprung this on me. That's great. That's wild. That's okay. Yeah. We don't need a sponsor. We had a very, I'm impressed with we the had streak a good that we run had. there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, well, I think it was it was at least 25 episodes, maybe 30. Well, that's great. If there's anybody out there listening who hasn't sponsored, we 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 need sponsorships. We just renewed our Simplecast prescription. Yeah, prescription, I was I subscription. Was, I was aghast when I got that Venmo request. I know I didn't even the give any proper warning of it all. <laughs> I, and, but it's exciting because that means uh, we've been doing this for nearly a year, mm-hmm. and we have some up fun stuff in store for our one year anniversary. That we do. We do. Well. Uh, <laughs> We will. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, if you want to sponsor the show, it really does help uh, with the production of the show. Um, $25 to prescribe us a drink. We'll drink it. Please don't make it too complicated. Like with too exotic of ingredients, it's difficult to get that together sometimes. But we'll drink whatever you prescribe us or $10 and we'll just uh, drink whatever we like. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. today, I'm drinking a Spindrift. Spindrift. Really trying to. Uh, what's Spindrift. No, no, no. I just, for some reason, I just repeated the name of your drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of spin drift. Spin drift. Um, so, yeah, please help us out. But we uh, did get a five-star review, which also helps out the Ooh. podcast. And I think this will brighten your mood, Patrick. Okay. Because it needs brightening. It does. Um, <laughs> it's from Andrew Logue. 
He said, I discovered this podcast looking for episodes about Agnes Varda, which I was thrilled to find. I was thrilled even more to stumble upon the funny banter and genuine love that these hosts have for each other and for the cinema. I've been making my way through a catalog slowly. Watching films high on the farty score scale is not an everyday thing. That was in parentheses, and I agree. And hope that this podcast can stick around for years to come. Favorite part of the show is hearing whether Patrick owns it or not, as I am a fellow collector. Thanks for cracking the pods uh, out. Isn't that nice? Love, Andrew. Love, Andrew. And one of the more stressful aspects of the move was making sure all of my physical media made it into the... So I'm, I went with 1-800-PACK-RAT, which is kind of like a pod mm. company. And I just need to shout out my parents for doing a phenomenal job with helping Maj me. Maj and Faj. Maj and Faj didn't, and Jeffrey, uh, hmm. famous uh, younger brother who may or may not be a virgin. We still Has don't know. Has he listened to a single episode of the show, sincerely? I don't think so. <laughs> well, Patrick, uh, let's move on to the letterbox Rundown. We both had busy weeks, so I am ashamed to announce that I did not watch a single movie Whoa, this week. I beat you. Wow. I feel ashamed. These have just wow. been crazy weeks. I, wow. I did watch The Bachelor last night with my parents. That was the closest thing mm. to cinema I came to this last week. I did watch it last night too. Do we want to chat about it or no? Save it for next time. <sighs> Maybe bring up one point on The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Okay. One thing that I don't think we talked about last week. Yeah. So I'll bring it up this week. Please. There's this thing that I guess the producers think is funny. The the whoa whoa challenge the week off without whacking off yeah challenge the the Katie was like it'd be great if you guys couldn't jerk off to me jerk off for this week and all the guys are like oh boy it's gonna be hard when I see that hot Katie around this <laughs> and then remember off. one guy was like oh that it won't be a problem she was like offended it's like what it won't be difficult for you not to jerk off. It's that's like not how things work. It's not like yeah. I'm dating this girl. I, I got to go home and jerk off. <laughs> yeah, that was annoying. It was just strange. Like I couldn't. And it was a sustained bit. It wasn't a one off joke. It was like 10 to 12 minutes of like screw of like it was like a storyline. And I was like, this is so odd. There was also a weird part where Mike the Virgin was like, huh, it won't be a problem for me. And I was like, well, I know you're a virgin, but you ha you never like have any sexual pleasure whatsoever i thought that was bizarre that he said that and right and then also katie is like the sex pot she brought a dildo to the to the bachelor you'd think she would she wouldn't like to restrict their jerking off yeah seemed the odd. very first time bachelor nation is introduced to katie she comes out as pro masturbation which is great and then all of a sudden she thinks she, I, the producers. I didn't get why her. either. Yeah, I don't get it. It doesn't make any. It's stupid. It's not funny. It's it's just, it's cringy. It's weird. That's one of the tenets um, of the Proud Boys, is not jerking off. It is. Yeah. <sighs> I'd rather not get God. into that. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that's uh. We'll we'll talk more about yes. it. Like, we'll maybe at the end of the season we'll do another bat mini. Yeah. What did we call it? Mini so. Yeah, we'll do something like capsule that. episode. That sounds we'll do good. Something like that. Uh, Patrick. Letterbox rundown. How you doing? How'd you do? I just watched one. What is um, it? God, we suck. So, <laughs> I know we got a lot going on. Um, but watched uh, flipping through channels actually. Wow. And came through at the right time. Uh, basically, came right in on BBC America. Was Goodfellas. So watch Goodfellas for probably the eight hundredth time. Is that your folks. favorite film? 
It's the one that I cite as my favorite. You're so masculine. Um, I know. I don't. I'm not proud. I mean, I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but I feel like it's not cool. It's not like cool or hip to say that Goodfellas is your favorite movie. But it's, it's kind like, of embarrassing, I would say. It's it, <laughs> uh, well, what's yours? Blue Vel- yours is Blue Velvet, right? Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. No, I don't know. That I, is not your favorite. <laughs> cinema at its finest. Uh, yeah, I'd probably but say. But it's just like if you watch Goodfellas, it's like. It is so good. It's good. good. It's a good movie. I like Goodfellas. I've watched yeah. it a lot too. It's one of those movies and when it's, it's on, the, you just can't not watch it. You can't not watch it. Literally sucked us in completely. And my parents, who go to bed pretty early, stayed up for. I think I think my mom stayed up for the whole thing, which wow. is until like eleven. Wow. And my dad made it through most of it. I think till like ten or ten thirty. Mm, so, so that's where you get your falling asleep during movie genes. Your parents. It no, like. no, 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 no. That but are I running think, rampant but through your veins. What? I'm just picturing my genes, like my running around mm-hmm. <laughs> my blood cells with little pillows um, to go to sleep. No, I think it's since I've been staying with my folks more, I've, my biological clock oh, has, I think I mentioned this on another clock. episode. Yeah. My biological clock has kind of synced up with theirs a little bit. So I've been going to bed earlier and waking up earlier. Mm, very good. Anyways, I watched Goodfellas. So that was it. Very good. All right, Patrick, I'm excited to talk about this movie. So let's move on. Me too. Uh, okay, like I said, this is Fart House, where we watch the Archie's Fartest films so that you can pretend that you did, which is why we're talking about another Michael Heineke film, Funny Games. And, Patrick, what, why, what is the series we're doing? Wet, hot, sticky summer. Uh, was there anything particularly sticky in this movie? I said blood, which I think I still attest is sticky. Oh, eggs. There's a eggs, lot, Patrick. There's a lot of eggshells in this movie, which was very triggering. How horny did me. you get when you saw? What did you say? How, huh? What did you say? How hungry did I get? Not hungry at all. I disgusted. <laughs> I knew there were. I was like, I, I saw wrote eggshells triggering <laughs> because of how I picture you leaping towards uh, the screen, just like scooping them up with your hand. Yuck! <laughs> just crunching uh, on those so shells gross. getting caught in between your teeth Ugh, gross <laughs> you know when Luce was on lip. and she said every time she gets an eggshell in her egg she'd says oh Casey would love that that really that stung that cut me deep <laughs> yeah you're never gonna not be you're inextricably linked with eggshells my mom did ask days. what is shell guy <laughs> and I had to explain this stupid thing to her I, and, <laughs> anyways we're discussing funny oh, wait, game. one other sticky thing. Yes. I mean they're all they're all really scared for obvious as we'll get we'll get into. There's uh, a lot of sweat. A lot of sweat. Yes, very sweaty. Very sweaty movie. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Lots of fear, uh, so, fear. So we will sub- Yes. Uh we'll subject this movie to our fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie is. But first, Patrick, I must ask you, do you own this movie and had you seen it before? Yes. And yes. Did you own it prior to seeing it? Excellent question. You need a librarian. So I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. I saw the, as you're probably about to say in a minute, there was a, a remake, shot for shot remake, directed by Michael Haneke. I saw that first in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then I purchased the original 1997 version without having seen it and then watched it later so by the time i had seen the 1997 version i had not seen it i'd purchased it first i have not seen the remake oh i had seen that first 
Well, that's good to know. Very good, Patrick. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, should we just get into the movie here? Yeah, yeah. Let's run okay. through all the shit that goes down. Okay, so Funny Games. It's your. Cl- it's, it was made in 1997 by Michael Heineke, and it is your classic home invasion movie. Uh, it stars Su- Suzanne Lothar as Anna. There's who is who was in the Piano Teacher. Ulrich Muha, who it plays Jor- Jorg. Georgi. Who was Georgi, who was in the lives of others. And mm-hmm. then there's Paul and Peter. Anyways, basically, there's this family, and they're going to a cabin, which I related to because I went to a cabin this weekend. Yeah. Did this uh, one look like yours at all? Kind of. Mm. Not unlike it. Did so the they lake go look a, like yours? Kind of. Not unlike it. Cool. They go to a cabin, and... They're getting. They're bringing in groceries. It's his family. It's a mother and a father. Anna, George, and Georgie. Wasn't that the little boy's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Georgie Jr. And uh, all of a sudden, there's like a guy in his house, and he's like, "Oh, I'm a friend of your neighbor's. We need eggs." And the wife is like, "Okay." And then he breaks the eggs that he she gives her. Eggshells <laughs> on the ground. I was disgusted, not hungry. You were and turned on. You couldn't no, control yourself. <laughs> and then. He's like, oh, can you give me more eggs? And she's getting more and more annoyed. He breaks her phone, and she's like, oh, my God, go, you, get out. Like, get out. And this other guy, Peter, no, I'm sorry, Paul shows up, and they're just not Perhaps leaving. Perhaps the skinniest dude alive. Skinniest like, Jack Skellington guy alive. Yeah, Jack they're Skellington, not, yeah. <laughs> they're not leaving. And it's like, it's becoming increasingly tense because they're just not leaving. And then right. all of a sudden, Georgie slaps one of them and to like say get out of here and one of them grabs a golf club and breaks his leg and then all of a sudden we're in a home invasion situation and these two men peter and paul are like we're gonna place a bet with you you'll make a bet that you're going to live tonight and we'll make a bet that you're going to die and that's basically how the rest of the movie goes them trying the people trying to escape they're tied up there's a lot of mind games, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Patrick, am I missing anything for the beginning this beginning of this discussion? No, I think you captured all of like the broad strokes that happen at like setting in terms of setting the table. Yes, um, the table is set. The table is set. But one thing I do want to mention, because yes. I don't want to let this. Well, it's it's more of a question. Do you at what point would you like if if your neighbor came over and asked for Four eggs sounded like a lot, even at the beginning. So he, so Peter, which who's which, which one's Tubby? One of them refers to the other one as Tubby. I'm not calling him Tubby. Peter is Tubby. Peter is Tubby. Paul is skinny. Yeah. So but Peter, Peter's not actually Tubby. He's Tubby as Tubby as you and I. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but he asked for four eggs, which already seems like a lot. It seems like a lot out of a twelve egg container. Yeah. Yes, and then he comes back to ask for an additional four, which seemed because he um, broke the first four. Very audacious. Yes, and I will say the mother, uh, Anna, she I feel like she picks up pretty quickly, quicker than necessarily. I feel like she gets annoyed very quickly. I feel mm-hmm. like, and gets to like please get out of my house pretty quickly, faster than I think most people actually would. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Do what you was think your question? That's, well, my question is, would you, like, would you keep going? Like, would you, A, would you give away four eggs to a neighbor? And B, if they broke a bunch, how would you handle that situation when they come back to ask for an additional four? I think I would be like, no, you can't have four, like, I need these. No, yeah. get out. No, I'm sorry. Like, go tell the person I can't give you more. 
Are you close with your neighbors? No. See, this movie kind of got me thinking about a lot of things about neighbors. They were very close with their neighbors. So mm-hmm. there was a sense that they didn't want to like let them down. Exactly. Know? And so the, what was kind of interesting to me at the beginning of this movie is I don't know if it's a generational thing or where we're at in our lives or our ages or culturally, but I don't know. Like to me, I don't, I see, I feel like there's a lot of people value the appeal of a good neighbor because they can kind of, I don't know, they can watch your shit when you're out of town basically. Yeah. Or, or you can go to them when you're, when you run out of something like eggs. But I almost kind of prefer the the, the not knowing the neighbor. Yes. Because then you I don't know, get stuck to chat. And I, My grandparents, my mom's parents, were very happy. They grew up in small town Iowa, always lived in small towns. They were very excited to move to Twin Cities because when you're in a small town and all your neighbors know you, it's like being under a microscope. And right. I wouldn't like that feeling. And I feel like, it, yeah, it sounds exhausting. Although you famously had a very good neighbor. What did he, <laughs> what did he call your brother, Dick Shaney? <laughs> Oh, Jim Schneider. Jim yeah. Schneider. He was he was pretty good, but it's different. He was he was kind of down the street. It didn't bother. It didn't bother okay, us that so much. it wasn't as intrusive. So no, yeah, I don't know. No. Just I was just kind of thinking about that. I was just like, I don't know. I guess it's nice to know your neighbor and that you can go to them for eggs. But I think if it comes down to it, I'd prefer to just have a quiet neighbor that I didn't know existed. Now, Patrick, are you a fan of the home invasion movies? Is that something that scares you? Something you think about? Um, yes. I'm glad you asked this question because when I was a Thank kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was very scared of, for, so when I was a kid, I didn't know the difference necessarily between right and wrong. assassination. <laughs> no, I knew right and wrong. I still have trouble with that. I, the, think. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, assassination, I think has to be like a prominent figure, like a political or. I think an assassination is, yeah, I think it's like a politically motivated kill. Right. So it's when I was a kid, a murder. When I was a kid, I was specifically scared of being assassinated. Mm. Like that's that was my fear was being assassinated. That's um, um, but really uh, it was it was afraid of being murdered. So I would be you know I would go into sometimes I would go into the bathroom and I would check behind the shower curtain before I'd start peeing to see if oh, there was yeah. a murderer behind the shower curtain. Well, that's classic. But did you it's do necessary. that too? No, oh. I didn't. <laughs> but I can see where that would be. I could see where you'd want to do that. So, yeah, so I was always kind of scared of of people invading the home and yeah. committing murders. So those movies definitely, like Strangers. Um, yes, The Strangers. That's not a great movie. I was actually thinking about this. I'd seen this movie. I'd seen Funny Games before. Mm-hmm, same. And uh, I this time around, I was thinking of The Strangers, which is an inferior film. But, oh, far inferior. But it's a but solid there, thriller horror movie, I think. There Strangers. is, like, with the home invasion movies specifically, there's kind of like, you know, it's like normal people getting their home invaded and like, what would they do in that situation? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that kind of thinking like, Oh, they should have done this differently. Exactly. And off the bat, do you feel like these people should have done something differently? I think off the bat, what stuck out to me the most. And I can't, I mean, this basically, it's like all horror movies. We always kind of, like you just said, we put ourselves um, in the perspective of, of the characters and be like, we wouldn't do that. Or I would do that differently. But the thing that stands out to me is Georg, the, the, the dad, the patriarch of the family, he like Anna really just wants to like let it go. Like after these guys have have been before they start doing anything violent, they've just been behaving weirdly. Anna just wants to give them the last four eggs and let them go, and just like I yes. want them out of here. Give them the eggs. I'm the go. And he keeps he keeps being like, "Wait, what's going on? What's going on? Wait, what happened? Yes. What happened?" But I don't think so it would have changed anything, though. huh? I I feel like that's pretty small. Like, what do you mean? 
I just mean like in terms of like when things are like when they're going from the transition from like normalcy to hostility, it's kind of, it can be kind of confusing, I would think, to be like this is a dan- not him not reading that it's a dangerous situation, you yeah. know? But I agree he should have been like, "Oh, my wife's freaked out. I'm reading that off of her. I need to react accordingly." Yeah. But I don't know. But now that you're mentioning that case, I mean, this is I think a character flaw in myself. It's like I I'm not great at just like dropping something in the moment. Like I want to know what's going on. Like I yeah, want all I the details. I <laughs> So I guess in Georg's defense, like I might have behaved in a similar way. I would have been like, wait, let's let's just pause here. Let's just figure out exactly what's going on. And Anna just wants to move on. And I'd be like, no, no, no. Let's just figure it out. And even though she's saying, no, it's over. Let them go. Yeah. Um, I I do think they're like some of their like politeness was like a problem at first. They were like too polite when they should have just been like, get out. But I don't think they would have gotten out even if they had been more aggressive, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, what the intruders did kind of well is they asked these pointed questions. They kept asking, what did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? And like, in a sense, they hadn't done anything that wrong yet. And so it kind of like- so scary about it. The, um, you know, for Anna and Georg, it was like, they were like, well, I guess they haven't done anything wrong. They're just being weird. They're just like, yeah. they're just being strange. And so yeah. it's like they, they almost felt like they didn't have enough of a leg to stand on to tell them to get out. And to get out, even though they were incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, this was it was very frightening. I want to talk about something specific that happens and maybe one of the most famous things that happens, which is kind of the climax of the movie. Is it okay if we spoil that, Patrick? Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So this is a very controversial thing that some people absolutely hate in this movie. Mm-hmm. Have you it, spoken like, to anyone that actually hates this that you know personally, or just? I you... feel like it, when when I watch this in film school, a lot of people hated that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So at one point, Anna grabs the gun from the killer and shoots one of the killers, and you're like, "Yay, she did it!" But then the other killer's like, "What the fuck? That wasn't supposed to happen!" And he grabs a remote control and rewinds <laughs> the movie they're in, and fixes it so the next time then they rewind to before she grabs it and so the next time he stops her and the guy doesn't get shot and when i first saw that i didn't like it it kind of threw took me out of it but there's Mm -hmm. so much of this movie that's like like the one character um paul he is turns to the camera and talks to the camera he's aware that he is in a movie which was Mm -hmm. sort of an interesting he speaks like Oh, like, we can't kill these people yet. It hasn't been a feature-length movie yet. Yeah. And he's, like, aware that he's in a movie and he can control the movie. And I now I like the rewind thing because, to me, it takes away... It's, like, nothing these people could have done. It's inevitable. Nothing they could mm-hmm. have done would have stopped them from being killed. Yeah. So, what do it you is, think about that, Patrick? It, well, it is strangely... I don't know if reassuring's the right word, but it like it, it was kind of reassuring. Yeah, it, it really emphasizes the movie is really interesting because it's I'd say it's much more brutal than your average horror thriller film. Yeah. It's much more um difficult to sit through. And so I think by punctuating those scenes of brutality and violence with the sort of levity of the fact that everything that it's all an artifice it's it's yeah. not real it kind of i don't know i like that juxtaposition it's really interesting to me yeah this movie i watched a commentary track for this a while ago and oh, michael heineke was what? michael heineke the 
commentator? I think so, sure. yeah. Cool. Or I watched some behind-the-scenes thing, and he was saying that this was supposed to be a making fun of... Um, this was supposed to be a commentary on media in America, and this was supposed to... He thought this was going to be his big American movie before the remake, even, because he was making fun of, like, kind of cabin culture because that's not a thing in Europe, apparently. Like, he, he thought, like... He thought that Americans would get it, and they didn't at all. So that's kind of why he did the remake in English. Um, because he was like, this is actually for and about Americans. Because when Anna grabs a gun and shoots that guy, you're cheering. And then mm-hmm. Heineke's whole thing is like, well, you're cheering for a murder. Yeah. But, I mean, that guy was crazy, so... So what what would be your plan if there was a home, home invasion? If somebody home invaded you like this, what would Patrick Mallon do? You and I are a couple. We own a cabin. You and me are a couple. You and I are a couple. Okay. We own a cabin. We have a son. Okay. What should we do? Do we have a firearm? I'm going to say no. Okay. So have you ever done an active shooter training? No, God. This this episode is getting so fucking dark. I, Jesus. Yeah, it's awful. And I hate that we even have this in this country. And, oh, God, it's so infuriating. It's so frustrating. But I remember there was, um, when I first started at UC San Diego, uh, we had an active shooter training. Yes. And it was so scary. It was just awful. It was, it was yeah. just awful. And we had, like, the UCPD come in, and they trained us on what to do. And they've, the training, the extent of the training was literally grab everything that's near you and just throw it. Really? Yeah. And so I guess just to disorient them and to, um, I do think that is the game. And I think that's what you do. I think that that was the one thing they never really fought back physically. I mean, they were tied up, so there wasn't much to do, but I think I would have like, even at the risk of hurting because they were always like stopping because they would hurt the little boy that they were with. But I think I would have flailed around more trying to just cro- cause more chaos, you know? Yeah. Because they were so in control the whole time. But if I'm and they being... were wearing white gloves, it was frightening. It was Menacing. frightening. But, you know, I think if I'm being honest with myself, too, and we were in this situation with our son, I think... As a couple, we're a couple in this we're situation. We're a couple. We're together. The marriage is not good, but we're trying <laughs> it's to on fix the rocks. it. It's on the rocks. It's on the rocks. Um, you've been seeing someone outside of marriage and I've been faithful and true. You can't and... prove it. And, uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think, um, it's one, it's another one of those questions where you, you think that you would know better if you're in those circumstances, oh, yeah. but you can kind of see, you don't think that anyone is going to be so evil, evil or merciless yeah yeah or so lacking empathy that you you think you can rationalize your way out of it you think you can talk your way out of it because it's like you think if you can appeal to their humanity they'll abandon their plans and these these folks don't have any humanity you know it no. kind of reminds me of a part in uh, a girl with the dragon tattoo when daniel have you seen that movie mm-hmm. yeah didn't we do did we see it together Mm, can't speak to that. I don't know. Mm. That came out a while ago. I can't remember. Mm. Uh, but it came out before a, 2010. No, we did not see it each together. But there's a part where the murderer like lures Daniel Craig back to his house. And Daniel Craig basically says yes because he doesn't want to be rude. And the murderer is like... Why don't people trust their instincts? They sense something is wrong. Someone is walking too close behind them. You knew something was wrong. You came back into the house. Did I force you? Did I drag you in? No. All I had to do was offer you a drink. 
It's hard to believe that the fear of offending him is stronger than the fear of pain, but you know what? It is. And they always come willingly. One of the rules in um, My Favorite Murder, that's the name of that podcast, right? My Favorite mm-hmm. Murder. My Favorite Murder, yeah. They're always like, one of their slogans is like, fuck being rude. Like, especially for women. It's just like, don't worry about being rude. You mm-hmm. just have to like, if you feel in danger, you need to not be worried about being rude. You know? Yeah. I'm glad you brought up that because that's an exact note that I had in taking this movie. Um, was in Michael Haneke in, in creating this movie and having this commentary on how we're kind of titillated by violence and how we kind of fuck politeness is what they say fuck fuck politeness okay um i think it's i don't know what it's like and i don't know if it's a uniquely american thing or if this is something that is shared by all humans i don't know this is how what ignorant asshole i am everything you see is through the patrick lens yeah (laughs) Yeah. but it, it is really strange the obsession with with true crime, like the like the fact mm. that there's a proliferation of these true crime podcasts. There's literally a podcast called My Favorite Murder. It's almost it's kind of glib, and I haven't listened to it, so I don't know how they they handle it, how they talk about it. And and I'm not even critical of like I'm like you know as we've talked about, you kind of have to have a sense of humor about awful things sometimes to just yeah. kind of make it through. it through. Yeah, but it is kind of it's strange how much we're enamored yeah. with this kind of dark behavior you wonder if that obsession actually does help like if there was some sort of break-in or something you know a fan of that show would be like i know what to do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of the appeal too you kind of you it's part of you're developing a sort of protective layer or you're developing a set of i don't know some guiding principles to help you if you're ever in that situation we should have our my friend uh, our friend Simone on because she's obsessed with true crime podcasts. She oh, slurps she them up like uh, Patrick Mallon slurps up milkshakes. What'd you Are say? you with eggshells? Oh no, don't Patrick. <laughs> Yuck! Eggshells just, just so shredding gross. your lips and tongue. Oh God, <laughs> uh, Patrick, it's time to move on to the fartsy test. I know you're gonna say it feels too soon. It does feel too soon, this but time. it's not. I guarantee sure? you. Let's do it, baby. The fartsy test is what we use to determine the artsy fartiness of a movie. It is our proprietary test. Uh, We continually add and subtract from the list. It's a living document, much like the Constitution, but much more important. Now, Patrick, I feel like you've thrown out some good notions, uh, uh, good questions. And I I have some other questions I think we might want to add to. I think we might need to take a look at the fartsy test. We might need another recalibration episode. Mm -hmm. To, mm-hmm. like, fix it. Yeah, I agree. Because there's something about... I don't know if this would be in the test, but it would be, like, poster titillation level. Like, when you see the poster of a movie. Ooh, of, you I know what I mean? I love that. Love that. Do you like that? I do, because artsy movies are... I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a remnant of us as younger, more naive film goers, or if that... Hairless. If that persists. Nubile. <laughs> nubile. <laughs> film goers <laughs> no i think it does persist because i think that there's some contemporary posters that i've seen for arts yes movies and it's, yeah so yeah i love that because yeah they feel sort of um like the forbidden fruit yes so poster titillation level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was one i was thinking about and yeah, you recently added is there music which i think yeah. is a good one but this fucker is getting bloated yeah it is getting bloated so that's we what need we to, need to be wary of 
But I'm going to add them just because. Okay. And then we can always cut down. We can rotate. We can, we can rotate, yeah, so as things come in. I guess that uh, does kind of challenge the standardized integrity of the test if we're rotating Why don't we get rid of the out. volume question because we already have music. I feel like they're kind yeah. of similar. So you who know? came up with that, Brady or Shane? We'll Shane have to did. Apology. Shane, I'm sorry. It's right. a great question, but it's morphed into something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just know that. Shane um, is the godfather of this question. Shane is loves this podcast. He texts me about it. He's a great supporter, and uh, we love Shane. We love Shane. Shaniac. Shaniac. Uh, is there any music? You know what? Kind of no. Kind of there, no. There is at the very beginning... And it's like death metal music, but there and there is some music in the there's there's diegetic film uh, mm-hmm. music, I should say, which diegetic, if you don't know, means it's coming from within the world of the film. It's like if someone turns a radio on in the movie, but non diegetic is like Gwyneth Paltrow and Royal Tenenbaums getting off the bus, and these days by Nico starts playing. Yes, exactly. You know? Oh, so, that reminds me, Case. Yes. <laughs> um, at so. Michael Haneke does a good job of kind of setting the scene for who these people are at the very yes. beginning by by having them play this game of listening to classical music a and trying to super annoying <laughs> game. You kind of hate them. And I was wondering, do you think Manuel would be good at this game? Oh, that's a good question. If farts? we could play some classical music and say, "Who is this?" Yeah. Yes, this is the artist. But what is the piece? <laughs> I win. Point for me. Uh, Manuel, yes, I think Manuel would be very good at it. Manuel, if you're listening to this, I need you to to uh, contact us and let us know how. How, how successful would you, you be at this game? Yeah, how would you do? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. But there isn't any music throughout the whole movie except no. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. To set the stage. Because it goes from like classical music to this crazy death metal. And it's very effective. You're like, oh my god. Would you god. say it's death metal or punk? I know you like No, punk. that's death metal, that's my death man. death metal? Okay. That's not punk? No, 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 no. Okay. I know punk. Okay. That's not hardcore punk. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. Of. I, I actually wrote that down. I wanted to ask you if that was punk or something else. No, that's definitely like Norwegian death metal. Mm, okay. Speed okay. metal. That's a bit maybe embarrassing that I didn't know Maybe that. speed metal would be a better term for it. But gotcha. uh, is there a suicide? No. People no. are trying to live, damn it. Are there images that seem to be edited in a nonlinear fashion that creates confusion and possibly epilepsy? I'm getting tired of this question, too. I'm kind of getting tired of it too, Case. I it's love off. It Patrick, we're cutting it. Yeah. I know why we had it in the first place. Yes, but it hasn't been useful. It hasn't been useful. I know exactly why we had it, but it has not been useful. Uh, does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? Now, this is our most useful question, I would say. And yes. But there is no there is no nudity in this movie. No. Uh, there's not really any sexuality at all. Um, are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? I would say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the idea of psychopaths breaking into your house and not leaving is very... It's so scary. It's almost like internal. Like it's like someone breaking into your body or something. It's so intimate and mm-hmm. horrifying. Um, yeah. I like the way you put that. Yeah, it's like it's a very invasive... Type of I'm trying to think, are there any other good home invasion movies that you like? Well, there's a movie that it's hard to say that I like it, but have you seen Sam Peckinpah's Straw Dogs? Yeah, I would say I don't like that movie. I that is one that is another one. It's a 
awful, awful movie to sit there. And, and Peckinpah's a hard director to kind of root for because he's kind of he's a misogynist asshole. He's kind of yeah. a monster of a human. I mean, I don't. He's yeah, he's yeah. kind of a monster of a human being, Sam yeah. Peckinpah. To be honest, I think and, there's some racist stuff. And... Yeah, he's racist, misogynistic. He's violent, and yeah. And so I don't like to. I think The Wild Bunch is a great movie, and I think I, I personally. You mean? Oh yeah, sorry. Pat Garrett and oh. Billy the Kid, and. I don't think Straw Dogs is a bad movie. I don't think it's a good movie. It's weird to say that I, I, I don't like it, but there is something there with Straw Dogs. There's yeah. something really interesting about what he's doing with Straw Dogs. So I guess th- that's the one that kind of comes guess, to mind. I just don't like this genre. Oh, I know one I like. Um, Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, would you say, one. does your next count as a home invasion? Yeah, who's murdering in that? It's like a family. It's like a fa- like family murdering family. It's kind. It's. I saw that movie. Yeah, I saw and I liked. I liked your next. It's kind of like I feel like it's like. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I count. It's I'd some count members that, of the family kind of. murdering other members of the family, right? It kind of has the same things though as. Uh, yeah, I don't like this genre. I find it very unsettling, and I don't feel like. I think actually Funny Games probably handles it the best in terms of the messaging because a lot of times the messaging gets messed up and it becomes kind of grotesque, particularly in Straw Dogs. Yeah, Straw Um, Dogs is pretty awful. Um, Now, okay, is the movie over, Towers? Can you start watching this? Can Peanut start watching this after 8 p.m. without (laughs) falling asleep? I watched it this morning at 6 a.m. I stayed awake. Really? You yeah. know what? I watched it early this morning. I watched it on the plane home. Oh, you did? And I didn't have a window seat, but I kind of asked people if I could because I didn't want people looking at my screen. <laughs> I mean, this, the sounds in the movie are almost... I mean, there's some violent images, I was just thinking, but the I was very of aware just... of the images on the screen, and the images are so upsetting. Yeah. And I just feel like... Someone else, like if there was a child nearby, I wouldn't then look looking over my shoulder. Yeah. Do you, will you be a strict? Um, will you can will you be strict about what your child can view as a as a parent? Yeah, I will. I I don't think I'm gonna let my kids watch R-rated movies until they're a little older, till they're ready. like what age? Tell me what age you're thinking. Fourteen, fifteen. Fourteen, fifteen. Maybe fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Oh, I'm talking eleven, twelve. Our kids aren't allowed to hang out with each other. <laughs> Your kids will be trying to get over to to my house to watch movies with my kids. What did you watch? <laughs> what did you eat over there? Did Ugh. you ever did you ever have a babysitter that was really cool about about letting you watch stuff that you weren't supposed to watch? Um we had a babysitter that was like she we would watch MTV together and I remember we Ooh, like watched that's cool. like music videos and stuff and that was fun and but we weren't necessarily not allowed to watch that. Kara loved her. She was great. And oh my god, that was the name of of wait. Yeah, that was the name of our babysitter too. Oh funny. Yeah. Wait, was Carl she British? Was... No. Ours was British. That would be strange. Yes, I've heard about this British babysitter. Yes, I think uh, I mentioned her before on the pod. She she would let us watch PG thirteen movies when we were strictly forbidden from watching PG thirteen movies. Brady, one of our babysitters, Katie Newton, let Brady watch Scream one time. And Brady was like, I watched Scream last night with Katie. And he was like ten. And I was like, Katie, did you let Brady watch Scream? Because I was jealous, you know. And she was like, No. <laughs> and she was like, clearly lying. That was the only. That was the only infraction. Because I think she was watching it, and he woke up, and he went down, and was like, 
where's mommy? And she's like, let's scream with me. Did you ever have a crush on any of your babysitters? No. Hmm. Did you have a crush on Kara? No, 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 not Kara. There was one, uh, and not not really a crush, but I remember her name was uh, Mari. And I thought she was cute. Mm, and you ended up losing your virginity to her. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, good. Can you imagine? Oh, that would be, be quite a story. That would not be good. <laughs> Does it feel as if the filmmakers intentionally trying to torture the audience? This is another one I'm kind of bored with. Do you mind if we get rid of this one too? We can get rid of it, but I do want to answer it for this. Yes, answer it. I think th- I think Michael Michael Haneke's trying to torture us. He's pulling those little puppet strings. Well, one thing I noticed. So there's a period of time where the killers leave for a long time. A long time. And there time, are like yeah. the shots in that are so long. Like someone so just standing still for long. so long. The exactly. movie comes to like yeah. a standstill. <laughs> and that felt like torture. Yes. I was like, oh my God. That's what informing my answer to that question because especially again, spoilers. But so they we kind of off screen, like we see we see um Paul in the kitchen making a sandwich or handling some cold cuts. And off screen we hear some tussling and we hear a gunshot and it turns out that that peter has murdered their son uh yes. georgie jr and which was so, quite shocking to me because i was like oh for sure he killed the dad yeah because i kind of thought the first time i saw it i was like some of these people are going to survive and spoiler yeah. alert they none of them do no although do we i forget we don't see anna killed though right she goes no, off but on the they boat. dump her off the boat there's no yeah. way in hell <laughs> There was no, Um, the filmmaker did not. Okay, also this, like, we know that they killed a family right before these people. mm -hmm. And then they spend, like, 24 hours with them and, like, kill them. And then they immediately go to another family to kill them, which I think just kind of adds to their inhuman quality. It's like they are are never tired, you know? Which, again, uh, I... I don't know. Now this, I'm I'm re I'm reevaluating my stance on neighbors. I'm like, maybe it's good to have neighbors. Then someone's like, hey, something's up. Yeah, that's <laughs> Trisha's it, that whole thing. That didn't even She's save brought, them, though. <laughs> Trisha's brought that up. No, that didn't save them. Again, yeah. it's kind of the politeness. Like, really, when those neighbors showed up, Anna was like pretending, like, oh yeah, this is like our friend, and they were like holding up the routine. But she should have been like, these people are here, like. Grab them, you yeah. know, but again, politeness reigns, mm-hmm. you know, and fuck politeness. Like, to Wait, so Trisha, Trisha wants to be closer with neighbors to protect yourselves from murder. She doesn't, I don't know how much she intentionally does it, but she has brought that up that it's good to have neighbors that know who you are because they're more likely to help you in a dangerous mm. situation. I think, I think having neighbors is, even though I earlier in the pod said I'd prefer to. You hate neighbors. Not, no, I don't hate do them. them. Well, hate's a strong word, but. I like. I would like to not have to think about how loud I play my movies. Or is that why you're moving? You hate your neighbors? No, I actually. You know, I've been in my current place for almost nine years. If I'd stayed wow. there, it would have been nine years in um in November. And I have to say, I feel relatively lucky. I no, I feel I feel pretty lucky to have had mostly good neighbors over the years for that period of time. And it's an apartment complex in a more um. In a, in a less family-oriented mm. apartment complex. So it could have okay. been like a more, it could have been a loud, cacophonous I see. I see. thing, uh, but it wasn't. So I'm going to delete this question. Okay. Yeah, you can delete it. 
It's a living document like the Constitution batch. Yes, love that. Monday. Although I don't think, when was the last time that anyone did any surgery on the Constitution? What was, what was the last amendment? Patrick, I don't know. <laughs> this isn't a politics podcast, for God's sakes. I'm not love it or leave it, you know. Um, is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so that it could be retitled the 2013 comedy Where the Millers? Uh, no. I don't know. I don't think so. Everything seems no, sort of I would say no. intense and moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather read 10 pages of Infinite Jest than watch this movie? Patrick? I'd, I'd say no. It's a deeply uncomfortable movie. and It's, it's really it's, uncomfortable. It sounds oh. weird to call it compelling, but it is. I was watching too. it on the plane, and I'm a horrible flyer. I get horribly anxious, and we were having some terrible turbulence oh, on the way no. over, and I was having like a panic attack, and I oh. was watching this movie. I was yeah, so just like physically i had to shut my laptop for a few minutes just to calm down it was horrible do you take anything before you fly yeah i take something called jim beam oh nice I where did they have it at bottles. the at the airport i bring two little bottles of alcohol two little nips and i'll nice. have one right before we take off it usually does the trick um patrick yeah post here's a new question poster okay. titillation level uh, Let's Google it right now. So here's the trick. The only tricky thing with this question is there's a lot of different posters for different movies. So how? Are, what's the benchmark? I, I know think, the one that you're thinking of for this one, though. I think if the a lot of times, I feel like a lot of times with these movies, it's like, oh, it has a good poster. There's a specific poster that mm-hmm. you associate with it, and that's the one you should go with. You know what okay. I mean? Does yeah. that sound good? Yes. Yeah. And to me, I'm not even Googling this, but the one that I associate is the one where it is... Paul sitting next to the boy with the sheet on his with head. With the sheet on his head, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a titillating poster. I would say high. We we don't have to give a number, but I would say it's high. Yeah, it's in the it's high because he looks very normal and calm, and he's next to a little boy that he's holding a sheet pillowcase on his head, and it's very upsetting. Uh, okay, Patrick, what pretentious thing can you say about this movie? I've said so, we said so many pretentious things. It's so hard to sift through it. You know, mine was you- kind of a uh, yeah. My th- when I was thinking about what I was going to say for this, I was I was <laughs> thinking like if you're at a party and someone starts talking about this movie, you're talking about this movie. The pretentious. It's almost like you could respond with like a question. It's just what is it about violence that titillates us and fascinates us, and what is it about crime? that is so appealing and why do we become so invested in it? and why do we like popular culture yeah. that covers crime and murder and all this thing what is that yeah That's and then, then that you deep, sip your but... drink and you walk away and yeah <laughs> there's a similar thing that happens in the movie Birdman. you remember that he's like having his like I forget he's having like uh uh like what do you call it when you're like a, a hallucination where it's like the Birdman, and it starts becoming like an action sequence, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is exciting!" And like the Birdman superhero is like, "That's what I'm talking about. Bones rattling, big, loud, fast. Look at these people. Look at their eyes. They're all sparkling. They love the shit. They love blood. They love action. Not this talky, depressing, philosophical bullshit." I bet you're saying to yourself, this is exciting. This oh, is yeah. like what I want to see. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, they got me. They fucking yeah. got me. I was like, oh cool, there's going to be a battle. And I was like, that's not what this movie is at all. So they got me. Very good, Patrick. I like that. Yeah. Uh, do you have a score for this film? I do. What is it? Tell me. 8.1. Ooh, I was 8.5. We're pretty close. Let's say we're 8.3. That's good, Sounds right? Good. 
Yeah, yeah. sounds 8. cool. 8.3. It's an upsetting film. It's, it's uncomfortable to watch. It's extremely uncomfortable, especially if if you're watching it for the first time and you don't know, like, if you don't know anything about this movie. I mean, yes. this is this is the third time I've seen this version, and I've seen the American version once. So I've do seen, you like, like the American version? Yeah, I mean, because it's literally it's shot for shot, like dialogue. Yeah, I feel like people are like that version sucks, but I'm like, how can it suck? Like, no, it doesn't. It's the same movie. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how anyone could say it's and the. The actors are all extremely. T- it's Brady Corbett, Michael Pitt, Tim Roth, Naomi Watts. Like it's yeah. a super talented cast. I don't think one is better than the other. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. What did you ask me? Oh, I asked you if you liked it. Uh, and you said it's the same. Yeah. Um. Oh, and basically, is it? Yeah. My point was, I've seen this a few different times, and it's if you don't know anything about it, it's really really difficult to sit through, even though it's interesting and you kind of want to know what happens it's upsetting uh i also like i really liked the funny games american version poster too also titillated it's completely different it's like naomi watts's snotty face Mm -hmm. crying on like black and it looks really cool and there's a scene um in rewatch in rewatching this uh, where you see um anna played by susan lothar um where she has that that same look that yes. Naomi Watts says, and it's recreated in the American version, but you kind of see it um, in this movie, and you're, in my mind instantly went to the American poster when I saw oh, that look on her something face. Something I forgot to mention, of the four main leads, who I'm, I'm counting Anna, Gorgi, Paul, and Peter mm-hmm. as the four main leads. Yeah. Only one of them is still alive. Well, I knew Suzanne Lothar and Ulrich, wait, one, one of Paul or Peter died? Yeah. Peter's Ooh, dead. Fat, the one he calls Tubby is dead. He's dead? Yeah. Do you know what happened? He, like, killed himself. Or he just, like, drank himself to death. They found him dead in his apartment. Because I think Suzanne Lothar killed herself, right? Yes. Good God. What's going on in Germany? Isn't that... Is it, it's very upsetting. It is. Jesus Christ. Because oh, the guy that plays Peter, too, couldn't have been that old. Like, at this point, he'd maybe be late 40s. I think he would be in his 50s. 40s, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's upsetting. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Patrick. Yeah. Do you have a drink pairing? Sure, do you, Case? What is it? Gewürzmiller. Am I saying that What's correctly? That? It's a type of German wine. Let me Ooh. make sure. Let me make sure I'm saying that correctly. Uh, now this is... Ri- God, we're going to get... Uh, man, he's going to ream uh, yeah, us. Yeah, man, <laughs> Manuel's going to kill us. Gewürzmiller. Okay. But it's a really good um, German wine. Um, fantastic yeah it's that's uh, good because they're fancy people they would be drinking wine mm -hmm. and it's a summer movie too so um you know wet hot sticky summer it's typically a white wine so it's a little bit lighter and sweeter um it's not like a deep i mean there there can be heavier gewurzaminers but it's usually more dry um semi-sweet or sweet uh but this gewürzamina felt like it would work perfectly with these hoity-toity uppity i love types. that patrick i fucking love that so gewürzamina so really good actually i highly recommend oh, I don't people even know. try did uh, did our friend mr wine man tim salon give that to you no i had actually i had tried a gewürzamina on my own i mean tim definitely knows gewürzaminas but um i had tried it on my own because um I was, I was so intrigued by the name. <laughs> Do you think Tim has ever listened to an episode? Is this our first time we've mentioned Tim? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, we could do our own Tim podcast. I feel we like. could do a Tim pod. I would say I don't think he has. Does he know it exists? He knows it exists. Yeah. Okay. I'll ask okay. him if he's ever listened. I don't think he's listened, but I'll ask him. No, 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 no. I doubt he has. Um, very good, Patrick. Patrick, we did it. We did it again. Can you believe yeah. it? Every no. time I'm we record so ex- this show, yeah, it's a Herculean effort mm-hmm. for both mm-hmm. of us. So. Um, is there anything, uh, anything going on? Uh, so you're moving this week, wow. moving this week. The plan is I'm going to be driving to, it's a little inside baseball for our listeners. We're recording two this week because next week I'll be, um, uh, off the grid. So to speak, uh-huh. the plan is I'm driving to, I'm leaving Saturday from California. Going to see how far I get, hopefully to the panhandle of Texas. Uh, my hope is to get to Arkansas by Sunday. Um, and then I want to do a lot of exploration, um, in Arkansas in the Ozark national forest on Tuesday and Wednesday. Hmm. And then, uh, Thursday, the 29th should be in Austin. So if there's any Austin fans out there, we have a few Austin fans of the show. Your brother. If you all around, reach out. Um, yeah. Brother and sister-in-law, but I think there's some other randos too. That's nice. Um, you're an explorer. I don't like to explore. The only you thing I don't like to explore. Like to explore and it's really strange. I'm so looking forward to it. bag of chips <laughs> so i'm really excited i'll keep you posted case on my travels please do uh be safe mm-hmm. don't don't go to the to like a place where there's like a guy named leatherface that lives there <laughs> and then that his family eats people don't go to that house yeah i'll avoid that one okay very good yeah. well that's our show if you want to follow us on twitter farthouse pod instagram farthouse pod patrick on Twitter is at Patrick R. Mallon. On Letterboxd, he's at PR Mallon. If you want to sponsor the show, Venmo, Patrick-Mallon. It really helps the show. $25 for a drink prescription. $10 for no drink prescription. Uh, leave us a five-star review, please. It helps the show. If you want to follow me, I'm Casey Lee O'Brien on all services. Hopefully, I'll do better on Letterboxd this week. That was... I felt I felt like I let you down. I'm gonna be I'm gonna let everyone know. I mean, we're recording again on Thursday, so our letterbox rundown is gonna be. Mm, yeah, likelihood. Not yeah, good. let's prep prep everyone now. Uh, the next episode you listen to, everyone, will not be a great letterbox rundown unless. But Casey the episode to. will be really good, just mm. not that. Well, that we'll make that part fun still. Yeah, we'll make it really fun. And you'll want to listen to it, but just it'll be weak in terms mm-hmm. of fuel. Yeah. All right, Patrick. The Cinephile Cuties are signing off. Bleh. Bottles. Bottles. Bottles.